Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten, and this is brought to you in association with Betfred. Fred Doan is a Salford Red, opened his first shop in 1967. I've just arrived in Adelaide. I spent uh, five days in Melbourne. So some of the guests on this podcast uh, are people who I spoke to in Melbourne. Uh, Jesper Olsen, the former United winger, is one of them who will be on this podcast. United beat Crystal Palace 3-1 uh, and obviously beat Melbourne victory 4-1 in the first game uh, against Palace there was some really good football the, the front three full of running full of goals really good collaborative team effort so it's encouraging it wasn't a full strength for Palace by any stretch a few bellends booed Harry Maguire but that was over in the first 10 minutes and I think he also got a lot of support and the United team did as well Melbourne was a great city and I'm going. I'm heading to Perth, so I looked at a map and for Adelaide's on the way. I've never been there. I'll stop in Adelaide for 24 hours, and it seemed like a good plan until I got a call to say that um, my flight has been cancelled to Perth. So I need to work out a way around that. I got in touch with the Adelaide Reds, and I, I, I must say thanks to everyone who I met in in Melbourne. People who said they listened to this podcast. Met some really interesting United fans many from all over Australia and we'll do a big article in the first United We Stand of the season but the Adelaide Reds uh, the main lad is Alex and I'm in a cab with him going from the airport into the centre of Adelaide now and I saw Alex in um, in Melbourne yeah correct at the uh, Crafty Squire yeah I'm very enjoying it right now uh, Andy and uh, it's a pleasure having you here it's um, good to be back in Adelaide after a long week I was at the game on Saturday uh, sorry, on, on Friday, so I landed uh, Thursday in Melbourne and spent a whole week and, yeah, just enjoyed the festivities, meeting all the Reds around Australia and, and some that came from the UK as well as yourself. Um, and it's just been a pleasure just to see um, how, you know, the players have been playing so well recently in the preseason, and, yeah, it's just been a great experience all around. How does the Adelaide Reds work? Well, the uh, the Adelaide Manchester United Supporters Group, we uh, we get to games at the Rosie uh, at Hindley Street in Adelaide in the city. And uh, we tend to get about, you know, 40 to 50 people each game, depending uh, what time the games are on. Because sometimes we do, if the early game's on at midday for you guys, it'll be like 9 o'clock kickoff here, p.m. Um, or it could be 11.30, depending on um, daylight saving. But sometimes there's some late games that we struggle to get to. But we try to get to as many early games as possible. What's the best and worst kickoff times for you? Oh, the best would be a 9 p.m. or 11, 11 p.m. kickoff here in Adelaide. Right, so that's the early one in the UK. Yeah, and correct. The twelve o'clock one and the worst one. Uh, the worst one you'd you'd say about four thirty a.m. A.m. So that's yeah. a night kickoff. That'd so, be a Champions League one. Yeah, oh, not not really. Like that would be more like you know your four four p.m. over there, five o'clock. And you get up and watch sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, absolutely. If it's a, if it's a six thirty, um, if six thirty game, that's a Champions League in the morning. Ah, okay, so yeah, like, yeah. So yeah. so basically, if it's a Wednesday um, in the UK, that's a Thursday morning for us. Yeah, yeah. Why just support United? So, so my dad follows Serbian Zvezda, Red Star Belgrade, which is a Serbian team. And I'm half Serbian, half Croatian as well, so figure that out. But um, yeah, when they won the European Cup, Red Star Belgrade, and Manchester United won the Cup Winners' Cup, they played each other in the Super Cup. And I watched it on telly when I was four years old, and I think Man United was wearing red. And I was a young boy saying to my dad, I'm going to go for the red team. And he said, That's Manchester United. And uh, you know that's not Liverpool. I was like, because he's a Liverpool supporter. So I said, that's all right. I'm going to follow the red team. And then all of a sudden, Eric Cantona came, and the rest is history. And yeah, lucky to be a Manchester United supporter. So, 
So it was a very famous game, that one at Old Trafford in uh, November 1991. Played only at Old Trafford because uh, hostilities were breaking out in the former Yugoslavia. Mm. And the man of the match was Dejan Savicevic. I was in Montenegro a few weeks ago and somebody said, would you like to speak to him? Would you like to go and see him? So I said, yeah, but I don't know him. And he said, well, I can help you out with that. but he doesn't speak English. He speaks Italian because he played there. He was the AC Milan, yeah. Known as the genius. Yeah, um, the little genio, I think they call him down. So, yeah, he's um, a quality player. Obviously, he played for Yugoslavia and the uh, Serbia Montenegro team, but now he's officially involved with Montenegro. I think he's maybe the president, I believe, uh, of the Montenegro um, Football Federation. So, he's um, yeah, he's obviously doing really well still where he is, but um, what a quality player he was. He asked for a recording of the game at Old Trafford about 10 years after the game and one was sent to him in Montenegro I only found that out uh, a couple of weeks uh, weeks ago yeah. so we're going through the outer suburbs well we're in between the airport and the centre of Adelaide now this is what the fifth biggest city in Australia yeah. Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Perth, Adelaide yeah I could say that we've got about under, I think under 2 million here okay. so it's starting to develop even more it's, we're getting a lot more developments going on with uh, housing and stuff so there'll be more immigration coming in which will build to be a bigger population but it's a, it's a very livable city it's a very affordable city in Australia as well so if you ever wanted to move over here I think Adelaide would be the best place to to you know reside and and stay you know it's just a good good place and it's easy to get around so fantastic just been reading about the history of the city saying times were tough before the second world war but after the second world war there were waves of immigration from from Italy and Greece especially yeah um, does that mean Italian football is popular here is, is football oh, yeah. popular here because I'm told that AFL is well yeah AFL is definitely you know the the number one sport in Australia unfortunately but at least football do does have a big recognition here with the migrants that did come from let's say Italy Greece um, where my parents came from in Serbia and Croatia um, so there is a big um, you know community of all those uh, communities in Adelaide and that's what brought football together here um, as a whole and we do have a really good contingent of uh, clubs locally as well as in the national level as well here so uh, here we've got Adelaide United which is um, a well supported club uh, my local club is called Adelaide City which are the black and white so they're Italian background um, and that's a club I've been heavily involved in since I was a child so because they used to be in the old National Soccer League where all the ethnic clubs were playing in a national level so you had Adelaide City West Adelaide so that was Italians versus Greeks uh, you had South Melbourne which was Greek and Melbourne Knights which was Croatian so it would, you know a lot of history in those clubs but you've obviously got the franchise clubs now which has taken over with the A-League but they're going to change that eventually by bringing in a national second division in the next couple of years and bring some of those old clubs back to bring that nostalgia and, and bring that tradition back to Australian football Why did your parents move to Australia? In the late 60s so um, it was still Yugoslavia back then and uh, the story was because my my granddad owned a farm um, north of um, Belgrade so he uh, was fighting off with the communists about uh, taking the land because they wanted to take his land and then he said basically he didn't want to give it up so they said well you have to be deported and my parents came well my parent, my mum came somewhere else but my dad came in 1967 with his family and my mum came uh, was, she was born in Croatia but she was raised in Nice for the first eight years and then she migrated as well so yeah they came to seek a better life better you know opportunity and Australia provided the better life we've got today and and I'm so blessed to to be here as well and and living the life that I'm living now so can't complain 
What type of interaction did you get when you were in Melbourne with Manchester United? Did you see any of the players? Did you go to the hotel? Uh, I didn't. I didn't, unfortunately, because there was just so many other supporters Fans. going yeah. in there, and yeah. you know they were just shouting at them. And it was. I thought there's no point because they're not really going to react to, to um, you know, get an autograph from someone like me. Unfortunately, unless I meet them like you know privately in a in a good spot, which some of them did. They had an opportunity to have a meet and greet. Unfortunately, I didn't, didn't make it, but. I was catching up with a lot of friends that I haven't seen a long time because COVID, we had a, you know, a long period of time where we had never travelled, so it was good to sort of catch up with a lot of friends I haven't seen as well. Just in a bar in Adelaide, been talking to a couple of Reds, introduced one from Manchester. Hi, I'm Paul. And you told me, what did you tell me about the United We Stand podcast? That I've listened to... All 500. I think it's up to 500 now. Every single one? Every single one. Even probably a couple of them a few times, like with the, the players in the early days. What do you like? What do you, what do you dislike what about do dis- them? What do I dis- I'll tell you what I do like when, when they're on the bus. Right. That's my, my favourite thing. That's, that's the best. When they've uh, maybe had a, a the one mon- drink. The mo- yeah, the monkey bus. <laughs> my, my ambition in life to get on the monkey bus one yeah. day. Yeah, you wouldn't forget it, definitely. <laughs> so you're from you're from Manchester and you moved out here when? Uh, 78. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I was 13. So, yeah. Miss it, Manchester? Everyone, you'd have to. Manchester's brilliant. What do you miss about it? The banter, the yeah. football, the people, yeah. the constant laughter. Why don't you move back there then? You're sounding like you're uh, writing yourself a letter here to move back. <laughs> yeah. What, what? What, what, what would you miss about Adelaide if you went back to Manchester? Because I believe you tried that in 92. Yeah, I know. I'd, I'd, I'd miss the weather. Um, yeah, the weather. But <laughs> at, at the moment, it's absolutely it's scorching really in Manchester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's worse than Manchester weather at the moment. Only the weather. Which, um, which other elements of the lifestyle age you like? Oh, the lifestyle's good. I mean, you know, in summer you get down the beach and it's hot and people everywhere and there's great restaurants and you know it's a good cafe scene and that so it's just two different lifestyles so but Man- Manchester's got got its thing it's a it's a great world class city now oh, when did you last go back there? Uh, 2017 right so it's changed since then from what I can see all the, all the new tall buildings and stuff like that so I look forward to it You've already been on on this podcast. What have you made of United, Adam? What have I made of United? Pre-season. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of improvement. I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from Ten Hag. I'm enjoying the way the players seem to be adapting, taking on his instructions. I think we're playing fast, attacking football. I think we're very leaky and we've got some defensive issues, but I'm just I'm along for the ride and I'm really hoping we're going to get a more positive season. What did you make of the Crystal Palace game in particular in Melbourne? I think Pal- we didn't really get out of second or third gear for the first hour because Palace didn't really rock up, but I thought that particularly Martial, his movement was fantastic. Sancho's been having a really fun time in pre-season. Uh, I'm enjoying seeing Rashford looking a little more positive. I think going forward... Yeah, there's, there's a lot to like. Uh, Fred throwing his weight around, forgetting it's pre-season. Scotty McTominay kicking everyone that'll move. I enjoyed it. It was good. Devon, tell us about the United fans in Adelaide. Um, well, I guess in a way we're diehearted and committed, especially because of the time so we have to get up early hours of the morning. So 
there's a, a Manchester group here, so we do try and catch up when we can, especially on the big events for games. But if not, there's a lot of us that catch up with our mates or just at home 2, 3 o'clock in the morning or we watch all our live games or the hardest ones are always the Champions League games because they're 4, 5 o'clock but we seem to do that and go straight to work afterwards so. You have to worry about them this season <laughs> Yeah, well, well that is true I think it might be even a bit more difficult being Europa games now but um, we'll see how we go And the local team Adelaide United mm-hmm. Yeah, their top flight gets seven or 8,000 fans Yeah, averagely yeah, they do But football's king in this town AFL football is king in this town. Yeah, unfortunately it is, especially South Australia for whatever reason. It's like Melbourne does as well because uh, it was the heartland of AFL, so they've got eight AFL teams there. But they still seem to, you know, divide it, got a decent following of football as in soccer um, and other sports. That's why they have the big sporting events like Man United recently. Um, But for some reason in Adelaide, we're predominantly AFL, whereas... Sydney, Brisbane are more rugby and even football, like as in soccer there, um, than AFL. But um, There's two AFL teams in this city. What's that's a rivalry between them. Would you get like fan trouble between them, rival firms? Um, or was well, it all very good nature? Not really. It's, it's not, yeah, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, there is a bit of that rivalry and stuff like that, and they, there is times where they have fights and that, but not like anything like Green Street Hooligans or anything like that. Um, <laughs> it's pretty low-key here. They just have more of the bickers and then get kicked out of games. But there is that rivalry between the two clubs. We're in the pub where you normally watch your Manchester United matches. What's been yeah. your best moment in here? Or after, has there been any? <laughs> well, I, lately it's been a bit hard because of COVID, obviously. Like, a lot of us have dispersed and had to, you know, just watch the games at home ourselves, all recordings. Um, but normally it's pretty good, like, we have relocated a couple of times, like Alex has said. Um, we had some big events in a HQ when they relocated here. Yeah, there were some good nights where, um, especially the big games like against Liverpool and the Chelsea's and Man City, of course. Um, there was good atmosphere, at least 100, uh, over 100 at the time, for sure. How will United do this season? Jury's out. I'd like to say we're definitely improving um, to see how things go from here. Um, I think we're definitely a step in the right direction but I think it's maybe too early to tell because my one concern is I think we've got a good squad and playing 10 hugs way but I'm worried about our depth I think at the moment we get one or two injuries and you know I think we're going to really struggle compared to the Liverpool cities the Chelsea's what would you say about the rivalry between England and, and Australia what uh, what do you say about e- each other it's interesting. W- because... I have heard whinging poms. Yeah. Did you ever heard that? Just yeah, that's people. always. Yeah. Well, when I lived up there, right, it felt like you know, everyone was whinging at each other all the time. So that's what I was like saying to my boss when I was working at RAC. I was like, no wonder you guys are called whinging poms. People, <laughs> Northern English people just moaning all yeah. the time. Constantly, yeah. But we're kind of too relaxed and we take things easy. We, we, we banter a bit, we, but we don't whinge too much. That's the thing. So it's a different mentality. And is that rivalry more? I suppose it's more in cricket, isn't it? Yeah, like, more the not... cricket. Like the obviously the Barmy Army and, and the Aussies have a bit of a tense rivalry in that sense, but it's all in good taste, which is great. And those big games would be played here at the wonderful cricket ground you've got. Adelaide Oval, yeah, it's uh, doubted as one as the uh, one of the top cricket grounds of the world, maybe the best cricket ground in the world, where the turf is just so pristine, and you know you, you see everyone on the hill, like the Barmy Army boys just chanting yeah, non-stop singing yeah, their true. songs and it just you see a nice sea of white with England there just it doesn't get better than that you can do all of these things on this now I mean it's just and we're for Jesper Olsen outside the MCG and just as I start talking a big gust of wind comes so hopefully that's not going to be too too bad about it when I tweeted a picture 
of Jesper on Friday, the reaction and the love was fantastic. This was social media at its best. People were sending in pictures of themselves with Jesper at the cliff in 1985, 1986. One person sent in a picture of a Jesper tattoo on his leg, a full picture. Another person said that they were born on the day that Jesper signed for United and his dad turned up at the hospital half cut and insisted to his mum that he was called Jesper. So lovely stories. And you were seeing some of them. How does it feel when you're seeing some of them, Jesper? No, it's amazing because, as, as, as you know, and I'm not uh, so much part of this world anymore because we're so far removed from everything in the UK. So, of course, it's a great feeling, absolutely, yeah, to hear that people uh, still would uh, remember those days and, and it's uh, like 35 years ago. So, yeah, I'm very, uh, very moved in so many ways and uh, obviously very proud of it, yeah. So. I heard a story that you, um, you went in a bar here in Australia and the bar server was called Jesper. That's right, yeah, and... and uh, so gave him my credit card and it said yes for and he said oh my name is yes and so on and we said oh how did that how did that become your name you know so i, was, I had a, a a player that was a, i was a big fan on the play for manchester united and uh, it was in the 80s and stuff i said well that's me right. no no he didn't recognize me and he, he looked at me like he didn't believe it so when we came later on to back to the pay he came back and said well i've googled you so I, I do remember you now so i'm sorry i didn't recognize you before so just a bit of a laugh, I suppose, as well. But again, because we, we are, I mean, we are so far away out here, obviously, that it's hard to follow everything. How long so, have you lived out here now? At 19 years, yeah. What's it like? Yeah, I love it. I think it's a great great place. I mean, it's both, uh, both good and bad to be so far away from, from Europe and stuff. But I uh, love it. We have our own uh, academy out here that, that I run. So it's, What's uh, that called? Uh, Future Football. Yeah, so we have... We do all sorts. We work with clubs and with schools, and have our own players that we look after as well. So that's it's, yeah, I love that. I love to be in the pits and do my coaching. So I'm very lucky. Yeah. It's a while since you played for Manchester United, but as we saw from the reaction the other day, you're a bit of an icon. And and that kit that you wore, I remember being so excited about that kit when I first saw it. And just me saying that kit, you're nodding. It's that one from '85 with the with the bands yeah. on it. Yeah. It was it was really nice, and. If you look back now on your time at Manchester United, what are the games that stick out for you? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a few games. There's the, um, uh, the semi-finals with Liverpool in the FA Cup. There's the, uh, the final in the FA Cup, obviously, against Everton, 0-0, and an extra time, Whiteside scores. And to be there once and to win it was amazing. So that's certainly something that stands out. The first game at Old Trafford as well against Newcastle was uh, at home was uh, an amazing <clears throat> Uh, memory as well to be there uh, playing in, in front of 55,000 people at, the, at Old Trafford so that, there's lots of great memories um, we were a team at the, at the time I think we had in one season we won the first 10 and then drew, drew the 11th and thought that was going to be the season and we were going to going to win the league but again we had Everton and Liverpool were f- amazing teams as, as well at, in those days so we did, did manage to win the league but um, I followed English football from when I was very young, so the overall impression and memories from being playing there for four and a half years was just was just amazing. And it, it was different in those days, as we have talked about. You know, the pitches were not as great, and it was a completely different world as it is as we look back now. But it was a, it was a great world. Yeah. Do you think you would have done better on the, the pitches now? Because the pitches are all perfect now, aren't they? And someone in your position. Yeah. You, you want the ball to run true, or do you? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think we always we try to compare, and it's hard to compare, isn't it? The older players, 
we say oh, the, the good old days but, and, and the world has changed so much I think and that's that, that's just part of, of, of moving forward isn't it so I don't think so I think we had a this is what we knew or that we knew that at the time there was nothing else so we, we I mean I've, in Denmark I trained in the snow uh, most of the winter because we, we didn't play we were just training so that was you learn stuff to get the ball out of snow that was one meter high and so so yeah it, the world is just different I suppose yeah can you remember scoring a hat trick against West Brom in February 86 I can because it's the only hat trick I've ever scored I haven't told you that before Andy, but that was my only hat trick really yeah. so of course I can uh, and that was a great feeling Absolutely, yeah. And it's some players get it a lot, yeah. So this uh... the first game I went to without an adult yeah. to see Manchester United, yeah. and my mum's mate Cynthia, she said, "Our uh, Rachel will take your Andrew to the game," and they lived on Chester Road in Stratford, okay. and I got to the house, and I got there like four hours early, yeah. and I remember my mum's friend saying, "You've got to take him. He's so excited." previously I'd been with a parent yeah, yeah. so Rachel was like 16 and we went to went to the ground really enjoyed it you obviously scored your hat trick so that's why I can remember it yeah, vividly yeah, yeah. and we walked to the ground because they lived that close and my mum still makes for Cynthia but her daughter Rachel her daughter ended up um, being with a Manchester United player okay. all right. I, I okay. won't say who because he's getting a bit into sort of personal <laughs> stuff now okay. um, and I'm, I don't think that they will be listening to this at all but uh, Rachel cheers for them taking me in February 86 it, 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 it set something off in oh, a, yeah. a chain of events you played for a great Denmark team as well yeah I think the, the, I mean the, this is what uh, what kind of stands out in your memories as well now that Denmark had never really qualified for any big tournaments until that period of time where, where I started to play for the Danish team as a young player and again very lucky that that team just seemed to gel and be on that journey where the whole country just were behind every time we played full house in Denmark and abroad they, they brought their Danish flags and travelled and made it incredibly with us on that journey so Mexico was well in 86 for the World Cup so very lucky to be part of that period and, and then after that Denmark has done really well in Europe and obviously won the Euro 92 as well so that that was to be part of that journey in the beginning was amazing and a great great team and we played exciting football that Denmark kit in 86 was another one which was absolutely beautiful you've played with a lot of players who people won't even realise that you've played with let's start at the top end Johan Cruyff Johan Cruyff yes Marco van Basten Marco van Basten yeah yeah Brian Robson (laughs) Brian Robson Vicente Lizarazu yes Chigana Cantona when did you play Chief with Cantona? Old, Alofs, ah, right. in, in, I don't know. In this. France. Where did, where did you play with Cantona? In, in Bordeaux. France? In Bordeaux, so yeah. Cantona was in yeah. Bordeaux with yeah. you? Chires. Yeah, amazing players when you go through the list. I'm very lucky. I mean, obviously another guy, Ronald Koeman as well, that ended up being playing at Barcelona. We have Frank Eichardt as well, AC Milan. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah. What am- was Cantona like at Bordeaux? He was not very good Wasn't in it? France. He was not. He, no. he was not. Uh, not. Not. I mean, he was just not loved in France. He, he was a, a, a just a bit of a an outsider, I think, in France. Where somehow Ferguson kind of, I suppose, tamed him or whatever. It, it just was amazing to to see what he did at Man U. Yeah, yeah, fitted into that team incredibly, and became the main man. Yeah, correct. Yeah. yeah. But so, essentially, is a zoo one of the best modern left-backs in world football. Yeah, yeah. You played on the left wing, so did you have a bit of a deal going on with him there? Good oh, partnership. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. He was a great young player, great guy, and, uh, and went on to do great things with the national team and in, 
in at Bayern Munich as well. So yeah, really, and then that team as well. I mean, Klaus Allers was one of the best players in Germany as well. Who was the the, the striker at the time? Uh, Didier Deschamps, that was the French manager too, and stuff was in the team too. So Chifo wow. from Belgium yeah. in that same. So we had a yeah, fantastic players. Yeah. You played with Cruyff towards the end. I bet he was yeah. still incredible. Yeah, amazing at 37. Yeah, amazing player. Still. T- directing all the play and, and doing all the I mean we, we did that penalty together that everybody now has talked about for so long and that also his idea when people ask whose idea was it then I normally ask them what do you think because I was 20 and he was 37 so it was of, of course his idea but yeah it, it, I mean I can only imagine what he would have been like when he was at his uh, at his best and that he never went to the World Cup in uh, in 88 in Argentina um, yeah was one of those things that obviously yeah didn't happen so so when I tweeted a picture of you the other day as well as Manchester United fans two other people got in touch one was Cruyff's son oh Jordi okay yeah okay alright well I didn't I don't didn't realise yeah what did he say he said that he he loved watching you play football and I don't I think you must have met him because he implied I that have met, met him, him. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah 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 that's right yeah yeah and long the time other, ago the other one was um and I'm going to see if he can work this out. Fantastic pitcher. What a great player he was. I hope you have a good time in Melbourne. I played with him in Khan. Khan is in Normandy. Yeah. Now, this person went on to become a very successful manager. He won the league. He won the double with Lille. Lille he yeah. brought through Eden Hazard. Yeah. He managed Roma. He managed Marseille. He knocked Manchester City out of the Champions League See, in 2020 right. yeah. with a young Leon team. Yeah. Have you got him yet? Well, I have with uh, Garcia. Rudy. Rudy Garcia, yeah. Rudy. Yeah. yeah. Who, and we played together in Cannes. Yeah. yeah. And had a really... Uh, Two great years there because the first year we finished eight or something, and the second year we actually qualified for Europe, which was amazing for for the club. That was a, a very very small club in those days. Yeah, was he any so, good? Because he's been a yeah yeah he yeah. could yeah he, absolutely he could play. I mean I think that's what we talk about in teams, isn't it? They the players know their if they know their job and, and they're very good at it, then they will normally be the first one on the team sheet. I think that's the and he knew his job absolutely. Take me to one moment in your career when everything just felt perfect. You were in form. Make it a Manchester United moment, please, because this is a Manchester United <laughs> podcast where you just thought life is wonderful. You're doing what you did best. You were beating men. You had the United road to your left-hand side. Old Trafford was packed. No, I think in the beginning, I think that one of the first goal against Newcastle at home uh, where I intercepted a, a pass that went across the back uh, back four there and I went round the goalkeeper and scored the goal. That, that was, uh, and that was the start, I think, of for me to really do, uh, I suppose... Uh, some of the, the the goals that I scored with, uh, against England for Denmark as well, we, we beat the uh, uh, two all in, in uh, the national stadium in Denmark. Scored in the last second of the game, so that that was a part of the journey. And and obviously, I think the the, the outstanding moment is when we when we won the FA Cup. All right, the man, you in that eighty five, incredible, yeah. Norman's yeah. goal, storming yeah. Norman, yeah. but the whole journey to get there and, and only be there once and winning it and then the festivities around that you know before a week in the hotel in London and then the match winning party afterwards back to Manchester on the bus and all that so it was done so well and it was just amazing yeah. and what characters you had in the team who was the biggest character 
And listeners can read into that as much as you want. Can I throw a few names forward for you? Yeah. Number one, John Gidman. Yes, absolutely. John Gidman was definitely a character. <laughs> but there were so many. I mean, Big Gordon McQueen, a character as well. Oh, 100%. Gordon Strachan in, in, a, yeah. in a very, very funny, funny way. Uh, Viv Anderson was in there. Kevin Moran. I mean, there were, uh, Brian, obviously. There were so many. Uh, White side, a great character too. In fact, the old team. <laughs> nah, there were some. There was, there was other players which were a bit, you know, kind of... Um, we, we're not always together because Arne Muren was in there as well, obviously. So, uh, and Arne was just a great, a, a great guy. But we, not everybody was together all the time, obviously. Either in those days. So, but there was some, uh, yeah, some great, uh, some great moments when we, when you look back in the good old days, as I say. Yeah. I'll yeah. give you one final point. Um, you mentioned Newcastle, not me. Uh, Again, after seeing the picture of you on Friday, Ian Irving, um, who's a presenter, got in touch with me. Hi, Andy. My dad's old friend, Malcolm Brown, used to play fullback for Newcastle. To this day, he insists the most difficult 90 minutes he ever endured was at Old Trafford in 1984, up against Jesper Olsen in a 5 0 defeat. Were you asking me if he remembers Mally? He was a very tall for a fullback, six foot two. And then he. His later career ended up having a, a lot of injuries. Um, yeah. Yes, I remember because he should have been probably the centre back, not the full back, I reckon, because of the way uh, size and stuff like that. But of course, I mean, that game was just for us amazing because everything just clicked together. Yeah. They had a great away following that day, the Geordies. I'll give him that. Yeah, how did you go past the man? What did you do? I, I, I suppose you read the play, and I think you just. Uh, I was very fast, so I was not afraid of going forward. Yeah. So, and then you just. Yeah, so suppose you do what you what you know you're good at. So yeah, that's really not that. Uh, yeah, and I always like to take people on. So, and fans love to watch you take people on. It's been really nice to see you. Great to meet you, Phil. Well. Uh, I uh, I'm Glenn. Um, I'm from just outside of Manchester originally. I'm um, getting on in life, getting towards the big five over this year. Um, Live in New Zealand, big Man United fan. Um, got a couple of kids who are also big Man United fans. So you've come over to Melbourne from New Zealand? That's right. How long have you lived in New Zealand for? Uh, we've been there about 14 years. Yeah, so in our 15th year now. You happy there? Yeah, yeah, enjoy it, enjoy it. Um, miss what, United. I was going to say, what do you miss? Yeah, United, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a rugby-loving country. Um, getting the football and that sort of same atmosphere is hard. Obviously, you get the games on TV, on Sky Sports or whatever it is. Um, so we watch what we can. But it is hard when there's a 12-hour difference and you've got to go to work on a Monday. So where are you from in Great Manchester? Um, little town called Milnrow, yeah, just outside Rochdale. of Rochdale. Yeah. So and you used to go the match? All the time. Yeah. I think, I think, in fact, I remember my first game, I think I was 12. Yeah. Um, and it was the height of all the football troubles in the mid-80s. Mum and Dad wouldn't let me go, so we went anyway, me and my mates. And my first game was Man United versus Everton. Um, 0-0 draw in 1986. And, um, yeah, boring game, but just loved it. Stood in the Stretford paddock. Good result, given Everton were champions. That's, that's, about it. <laughs> so you right. stood in the paddock and then yeah. what happened from there? Where did you used to sit and stand? Oh, and then we sort of... If it weren't, if we didn't stand in the Stretford paddock, we'd go into the Stretford seats, if people remember them, right yeah. at the back of the Stretford end. And then, um, you know, we got a bit brave and a bit cocky and started standing in the right side of the Stretford end. Um, and I used to love the old songs, you know, we're the right side, we're the left side, we're the tunnel, all that lot. I used to so. stand on the right side as well. Oh, brilliant. I'm glad you're a right side and not yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. left side. <laughs>
Although the one just above the tunnel bit. And That's the, right, yeah. There's a fantastic atmosphere in there, wasn't oh, there? It was brilliant, you know what I'm saying? used to build yeah, hours yeah. before kick-off. Yeah, and, and we used to go, we were probably in the ground 90 minutes before the game started, you know. And, probably stood uh, next to you. Probably did, you know, and yeah, and, and just the smell of that place, you know, the docks and the cigars and the pies and everything. So, yeah. Um, and then after that, we went in the United Road. Um, used to stand near the away fans, as you, di- as you do. Um, and then a little bit in the K stand and, and, and off you go. And then as, as, as time went on, you know, just through season ticket availability and stuff like that, I think my last one, I was in the Stretford end up near the top, at near the back, so before we moved here to New Zealand. So Did you go away as well? Yeah, yeah, what I could. Um, yeah, you know, a little bit of a lull in me, in me watching United career when you sort of get to your late 20s and girls and clubs and... You know, some great clubs at the time, as you'll, you'll remember, you know, Andy? In Manchester. In Manchester, Where you know. Where did you go to? Uh, just like the T-shirt. You got a Hacienda T-shirt on <laughs> And um, <clears throat> Hacienda, conspiracy places like that. And um, But, yeah, I used to go watch United away. Um, I was telling the kids about that, some of the grounds I've been to. You know, the old um, Highbury, um, Spurs old ground, you know, places like that. Um, Anfield, one that always sticks out for me was that three-all draw. In 88. Were you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With Strachan scoring in front of the cop. So that's, uh, yeah. But, yeah. The, the, the Hacienda, they reconstructed it recently for its 40th uh, anniversary. Right. And um, I was in Manchester that night, went past it with my wife and kids. There was a big queue around the block. And I longed to be in there. Oh. I just felt this horrible, I want to go there, but I, I couldn't because there was... A, I was with my, my two children and they're not, they're not going to get in a club and we had a long day. It had been the Legends Day at Old Trafford uh, against Liverpool, another defeat. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, maybe it's reminiscing about something that has long gone, but as long as you can keep the happy memories. So you've come over from where in New Zealand to Melbourne? So we live in, uh, in Hamilton, um, which is about 100k south of Auckland. What do you do there? Um, I work in IT. Um, yeah, that's what the job. There was a job offer came up uh, 15 years ago. Just before kids came, we were like, oh, probably never get this chance again. So let's give it a crack. And we've ended up staying there. Um, and just funny, just coming back to the Hacienda thing, the, 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 the party that they had, they were live streaming it and we were watching it on the TV. It was like middle of our day. So we had it on in the background with the music going while we were potting around the house. But, um, yeah, live in Hamilton. Um, so, yeah, cool little place, but not as big as Manchester. Some of the local lads in Melbourne did a Manchester theme night on Saturday night, and the, the flyer was a cover for a Primal Scream album. And I looked at it and I thought, I really want to go there, but when it got to the time of it, I just thought, I'm absolutely exhausted. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to discos <laughs> until three o'clock in the morning. I know. That, that time has sort of been, been and gone a little bit. That's right. Um, so... You you flew over, what's it, a two or three hour flight from New Zealand? To yeah, yeah, it's about a three hour flight from, it's just over three and a half hours I think it was. And there are other Reds in Hamilton where you live? Yeah, there's a few dotted around. Um, I know when I came here to move to New Zealand, um, I tried to hook up with a local supporters club and there wasn't much going on. There's one up in Auckland um, that, um, you know, sort of keep in touch with a little bit, a bit on, the, on the Facebook page, but... There's a really good one. I'm going to give it a shout out, actually. NZ Reds, some really good admins. I think some of those lads are from Manchester originally. Um, 
Facebook page. There's not many of us, and but they know that they know they're United, and that's really good. There's so. a huge Mancunian diaspora in the whole yeah, around yeah. The world. Yeah, all around the world. Yeah, especially in, in places like Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, we'll go to Perth further down the tour, and there'll be a few there. Eh? It's huge. I think there's more Mancunians living in Perth than any other city in the world outside yeah. of. Yeah, I can and I can believe that, you know. And yeah, it's interesting. You, you sort of hear that accent, and your your ears just pick it up. So you've come with your your boys. Um, yeah. Have you managed to see any of the players? Have you been to the team hotel? Or anything? We have. Um, so, boys, are, uh, give them a shout out. Alfie and Archie, they're uh, big, big United fans, um, and uh, they want to want us to go and see the players. So we've been to the hotel about four times, I think it is now, just to go and see them. They went to the shirt unveiling on 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 Saturday down at Federation Square, and um, yeah, got you know, got to see the players then. So uh, yeah, they're uh, they're loving it. It's an, and. Got on the new away shirt yesterday, so uh, they're pretty chuffed. How are you feeling about United this season, finally? Oh, I think, in some ways, I feel like it's a season of redemption for some some players. I mean, last year wasn't great. We know that. Um, it was frustrating. Some players we know didn't hit form, just regressed or whatever it may be. But I think, for me, Eric's... I'm not a manager, but I think... You know, it'd be it'd be wise to give a few players a crack, give them an opportunity to see what they can do. And um, I think with some of the youngsters coming through, that's been really, really encouraging. I was really impressed with that young lad, uh, Zidane Iqbal, on, on Friday. I'd heard a lot about him through the grapevine, you know, as you do. Um, but, yeah, watching him just um, off the ball, I thought it was great. His hunger for it, his control in it, you know, his, and his strength, really, really, I thought was fantastic. So, yeah, looking forward to, to, to the season. So that's it for this podcast. The next one will be from Perth around Manchester United's last game of the matches in Australia. We're getting cracking on the first United We Stand of the season as well. Uh, We intend to keep the price the same despite the cost of uh, paper going up 45%. If we're going to do that, we need your support. So buy it at the ground, um, subscribe to the next 10 issues if you can. The links are very easy to find either by digital edition, met loads of subscribers on the travels, or a printed edition, and we'll post it out to you. The postage is getting back to normal now after COVID, so we'd appreciate your support there. We're going to get loads of exclusive stuff in there, be it interviews or things that are going on behind the scenes. Our readers know exactly what we do, and I'll bring you the next podcast in a few days' time from Perth. Until then, goodbye.